Obviously, I talk a lot about intervention plans, how important they are, how effective they can be, but I don't always, I didn't always have a good intervention plan in place or quite frankly, any intervention plan in place. My first year teaching, I was a special education teacher for elementary, kindergarten, and it was quite an adventure. I'm saying that nicely. I wasn't given a curriculum or anything other than the scope and sequence for when different things were going to be taught and how, you know, told to use that and the very random resources in my classroom to teach my students. There really was no official curriculum for that grade at that time, uh, so the teachers were supposed to work together to plan for what they would do, which, you know, makes sense. You know, they work together. Unfortunately, the climate in this school was very competitive, so the teachers used their own materials, or maybe they shared with, like, their one friend. It was pretty clicky. But that was really, that, that was it. There was no overall plan or sharing of materials within the grade level. So I was left really in the dark on what materials or resources my students would be using in their individual classrooms let alone what might be available for me to use as mine, in mine. <clears throat> as a first-year teacher, that made my life really, really difficult. Then you, of course, add in the, I didn't know how to write an IP or, you know, use the system. You know, it, was, it was a rough year. So when, when, in terms of curriculum interventions, I did what new teachers do best. I found re free resources wherever I could. This was before Teachers Pay Teachers to give you an idea of how long I've been teaching. And I just, I made it work. Guys, it was bad. I had a general idea for what the kids were supposed to be learning in their classes and what the IEP goals were. But other than that, I really didn't know where to start or what to do to fill in the gaps and, you know, to get the kids where they needed to be. I was constantly trying new resources out to see if they worked on this goal or that one, but there wasn't a cohesive plan behind what I was trying to do. Other than I wanted my students to succeed. That was my, that was my whole plan, right? I absolutely wrecked myself trying to make it all work. It wasn't until my second year teaching, I changed schools and seeing a more cohesive plan or mindset for how interventions could be managed that I was able to pull my poor little ducks and put them in a row and start figuring out my own cohesive plan to provide quality interventions for my students. But man, Making that shift changed my entire teaching career. And honestly, if I hadn't made that change, I don't think I would have stayed in teaching past that second year. Yeah, having an intervention plan that worked really was and still is that important. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, 
If you aren't a special education teacher, this scenario may not be as familiar to you. But man, this is just par for the course if you're a special ed teacher. You walk into a new classroom or grade level and are given just the most random resources, a stack of IEPs, if you're lucky, and a schedule that makes your eye twitch. Because you have to take that schedule and figure out your schedule and somehow go. As a special education teacher in four, four, yeah, four different states, I was never provided with a curriculum to use. Never. My special education teacher friends are nodding their heads and saying, preach, because we have all been there. The fact is that whether you are a special or general education teacher, the students who need the most interventions because they are struggling the most are the ones that aren't provided what they need from the school or district, which is a truly cohesive intervention plan that's focused on meeting the needs of the students. Why isn't a cohesive intervention plan provided? Honestly, I really believe it's because there really isn't a way for people who are removed from the classroom and write curriculum, because that's who, who do it, how, who writes curriculum now, to really understand how to put together something that meets struggling students on such an individual level as that would require. Curriculum writers, the big box companies, I should say, are focused on the flashy stuff, saying that their curriculum meets all these goals on a wide range of topics. But our struggling students need us to drill down to the small pieces of the big picture to fill in the gaps that that big box curriculum missed for them. That saying, they, they missed the trees for the forest, comes to mind with all this. Whatever the reason, as a baby teacher, I figured out that my students had some pretty significant skill gaps that needed filling, and they needed focused interventions that targeted those skills to make the gains. Therefore, I ran myself ragged, finding lesson plans and materials that focused on those specific skills, but it was so haphazard because I didn't have an overall plan for it all to make it cohesive. All the materials were found separately, so they looked and felt different for my students. That meant they were always encountering new directions, new ways that they had to answer questions or complete the work. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you have 30 minutes to work with a group of students that have to spend 10 of those minutes just explaining how they're going to complete this worksheet, that looks different than the one yesterday or last week or whatever, yet the loss of time really starts to add up. Not to mention, okay, yeah, I had students who had a hard time with change, things looking different, but I also had those students who were so distracted by something looking different or just, for example, too much clip art on a page. Oh my gosh, no wonder I was so burnt out by the end of that first year. I needed a cohesive plan just as much as my students did, honestly. That summer, I got the great idea to group the goals on the IEPs into categories. Obviously, I had them grouped in math versus reading, but I broke down the skills in each area further. Phonics. There were no goals on phonological awareness, then there should have been. Fluency, comprehension, handwriting, writing sentences, writing paragraphs, numeracy skills, addition and subtraction fluency, word problems, etc. Then I found some screeners that I could use for all of my students that would tell me what skills my students did or didn't have in each area. 
Those screeners were my first real step into coming up with a truly cohesive plan that I could use to provide interventions for my students in a really insightful or meaningful way. I researched and I figured out exactly what skills were prerequisite for other skills and figured out ways to check for those skills using the screeners or maybe I made my own scope and sequence in some areas. Really, it was just an in-depth list of the skills or milestones that my students needed to accomplish in order to be able to get to the next level of that skill. Once I had that, I could use the screeners to figure out where on my list each student fell and I could start them on lessons that worked on that skill and build to the next level in a thoughtful way. Once the new school year started and I had those screeners to look at, I realized really quickly that phonological awareness, subsequently phonics, skills, deficits, were the big sticking points for my students um, for them to be able to make real reading and writing progress. Numeracy and subsequently fluency were the big issues for math progress. So I broke down those skill areas into smaller steps that had a logical sequence. And I started filling in the resources I had into those areas so that I could teach the skills using the materials that the students were familiar with. It has taken me years to really flesh out my intervention plans for reading, writing, and math. But now I have an overall lesson plan for a 30-minute intervention session that provides spiral practice to activate prior knowledge and boost confidence right off the bat. A really short mini lesson, and I'm talking like five minutes tops, focusing on a new skill, then some practice time, some extension time of the skill, and finally practice on a closely related skill. I have my tool bag of quick ways to practice different things I can grab on the fly, but most importantly, I have an understanding of the prerequisite skills so that if the students are having a hard time with what they're doing right now, I can use those master's skills to break down what we're trying to do into manageable chunks. Those chunks can then be put together so a student can master the new skill more easily. For example, when you have students who are struggling with reading, with blending those CVC words, it, it's really easy to, okay, take, take away the letters for a little bit, and I'm going to give you three sounds, blend them together and make the word. And giving them a little bit more practice on that prerequisite skill, because phonological, the phonological awareness skill of blending ties right into being able to blend CVC words in, you know, CVC sounds into words. You take that step back and then it's easier to take the step forward. Give them a little bit of practice on what that, that prerequisite skill and men, it's so much easier for them to now take the next step forward. So at the end of the day, what actually changed so that I could create my intervention plan? Data. Getting down to the actual numbers on what my kids were and were not able to do, then taking that information and applying it to the sequence of skills that would get them where they needed to be. That data helped me to figure out exactly what the sequence needed to be for my students which helped me to better judge the random resources I had for their value to each of my lessons. That data helped me to figure out if what I was doing actually helped my students make steps forward, filling those gaps, and I could report to administrators or parents exactly what I was working on, why, and what next steps would be once these ones were mastered. 
I had a game plan that made sense and it was easily to commute it was easy to communicate that game plan to anybody that asked and let me tell you it is a beautiful thing when you are being questioned by an irritated administrator to be able to say hey my child my students have been able to do x y and z and now we're going to work on this next thing because this is where we're building to in all honesty having that game plan being able to know where i was where i was going changed everything for me as a teacher I wasn't just trying to tread water, make it from one skill to another with no reason other than I was supporting what the larger classroom group was doing. I had a roadmap that allowed me to take control of the situation. And I could show or explain exactly what was going on to parents, administrators, or heck, the kids themselves when they asked, why are we working on this? <laughs> I, I could show them, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we're going. Truly, I don't think I would still be in education if I didn't have my intervention plan. And it, it just, this work is just too hard to go without one. If you're going to looking to create your own intervention plan like I did, a great place to start is with gather, gathering your baseline data. You can get that information from the universal screeners we administer three times a year, and then the formative assessments that we give on, you know, different skills. Then... Of course, click on the link in the show notes to download my five steps to getting started with progress monitoring, which will help you get your intervention plan ready to go. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your students calm, and your students progressing. Bye.